this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows every week, on Thursdays, we release a bonus show to members only on the website. So if you want to hear more of The Confessionals on a weekly basis, just go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Now, today we got a mixed bag show for you. We got a couple guests coming on the show. But before we get into that, I just want to let everybody know, thank you very much for showing interest to the tour that we're doing in a couple months in June, the Unexplained Occurrences Tour. We had a awesome time talking about it, letting you guys know about it. And I wasn't sure if people would actually be interested in such things, but I'm happy to tell you guys that once we released that information last Tuesday, the tour sold out in less than 24 hours with a lot of people on a waiting list. So if you want to be involved in these future tours going forward, continue to call Creed at The Educated Wanderer. The phone number again is 973-513-9001. Or you can email at traveler at educatedwanderer.com. Go ahead and continue to reach out because he'll put you on a waiting list. So when we open up another tour, he'll give you a call and see if you're still interested. Now, this week, we have Austin and Nick coming on the show. We're going to start off with Austin, who has a lot of different types of experiences. But the one that really got my ear was the one where we start out talking about how he saw a deer on its hind legs. And that's why he reached out because we've done a show before where we talk about a guy being chased down by two deer running on their hind legs. And Austin had a very similar experience. And then we bring on Nick to talk about his paranormal experiences. And it's funny because Nick thought that he would do paranormal investigation to show that it's a bunch of BS. And then he was smacked in the face because he found out it wasn't a bunch of BS. So let's get to Austin and Nick right now. Hey, 
All right. Today we got Austin on the show. Austin, how you doing, man? Good, Tony. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. So uh, listen, I appreciate you rescheduling with me and stuff. We had some miscommunications yesterday, but I'm really glad that we're getting this thing done. Um, you had some experiences and now you're, you are native American, right? Yes. Okay. And so, yes, I am. and did you grow up on a reservation? Is that kind of your background? I did not. I grew up, um, right on the outskirts of Osage County. So there's a reservation in Osage County, but I didn't live on it. I got you. Okay. So uh, we're going to be talking today about some different things. And I I want to start off, though, today with uh, this experience you had where you saw uh, basically a deer on its hind legs. Now, I don't know if you remember this or if you ever listened to the episode where we did talk to a guy, I believe it was in Oregon, where he two saw two deer running on hind legs after their car. Did you ever hear that episode? I, that is actually what made me submit this story to the show. Okay, that cool. episode. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that episode was called, uh, it was 136 and it was called Tresp- uh, Trespassers Will Be Shot Last Chance. I thought it was a kind of interesting uh, episode. If, if you want though, we're going to play uh, the trailer right now for that episode so people can kind of jog their memories as to what we're talking about, okay? As we're driving down the long road getting to this particular place I just started getting a, just the, the most sickest feeling in my stomach you know like like don't do this There's this is, this is just bad stuff just don't do it you know fourth time's a charm something's gonna happen and I look at these dudes and I was like hey man let's just let's just go back back and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, and then, you know, unbeknownst to me, they were both having this bad feeling in their mind, too, you know. And so, okay, we turned around. We pull it around um, at this little, little turnout place prior to, to getting to this uh, yellow gate. The gate was locked this time. You know, it had been closed. And I'm like, okay, good, good. So my headlights are on the gate, and as I turn around to head back to, um, you know, down down the road we came from, um, something something caught my eye, and as I was accelerating, I looked out my, you know, um, driver's side window right there, and to me, and this and this is, you know, I only looked at it for like a brief glance. It looked to me like there were two deer standing on their hind legs, pacing the car as we were driving away. And I just haul ass out of there. That was the last time I uh, visited the gravel quarry. So that was the trailer, and hopefully that jogs people's memories. If people want to see some artist renditions of those deers, uh, they can go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. And just in the search bar right on the homepage, you can just type in 136, and it'll take you right. It'll pull up the episode, uh, Trespassers Will Be Shot Last Chance, and you'll be able to see an artist rendition of the two deer running on the hind legs. That was done by one of our artists, Nate, and he did a phenomenal job on that. Uh, So Austin... 
after you hear that trailer, you or the episode, you contact me and you want to share your experience of seeing something similar. So uh, you're in Oklahoma. What happened, man? So uh, late one night, it was probably about 1130 to midnight. I'm driving home and I'm taking this back road into the town I live in and it's a secluded little wooded area. And, you know, to see deer out there, it's not uncommon. So you always keep a lookout. Just You never want to hit one. So as I look off to my right, I see a deer off in the little field. Well, out of nowhere, it starts to gallop towards the road. So I start to slow down. Well, as it starts to gallop towards the road, it gets up on its hind legs and is running towards the road. At that point... I lose it. There is no slowing down anymore. It is, I floor it. I'm going probably about 65 miles an hour on this country road. And that deer is keeping up along the side of my truck. I mean, it was staying right then and there. But as soon as I started to come into a town where there's, you know, street lights and stuff like that, it just kind of faded off into the little wooded area off on my right. But it stayed right there next to my truck the entire time Wow! I saw it. That's interesting because uh, Alan described a very similar experience in that episode of 136 where these things were keeping up with the car as they were driving away. Uh, did you ever get a feeling that this was a cryptid type situa- situation, an anomaly with deer or maybe a paranormal situation? So the way I looked at it and always kind of I looked into it a little bit. It almost fit the description of a Wendigo. Um, you know, the deer head and everything else it had and just the way they move and are how fast they are. I truly believe it might have been a Wendigo. But I never never figured out for sure what it was. You know, that's a good point. That's a really good point about it being a possible Wendigo because uh, I, I mean, I don't know tons about Wendigo. I'm not like your expert or anything, but I do know that when I used to really kind of look hard on the cryptid stuff, uh, I would look into the, the Wendigo. And when you look at the pictures online, a lot of times they're depicted with, you know, the antlers, like very deer-like. Yeah. And that's, you know, like I said, and they are a uh, native american belief and i happen to be in native territory out here in oklahoma so it was just something that i was like oh it's a possibility it's definitely a possibility i I almost wish i would have thought about that for episode 136 because i don't think that came up on that episode uh but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. If I if I saw something like that, I'd be pretty freaked out myself. It not like say it was just a deer, right? And I saw a deer stand on its hind legs and then run after a car, keeping up with it, kind of thing. Uh, that I mean, to me, that's like nightmare worthy. You know? <laughs> Did you ever have any kind of like side effects from this experience where it was like bad dreams or anything? Yeah, there's always i've had one bad dream about it and i've relived that situation but other than that it hasn't truly look i've had a lot of weird things go on so that's that's actually towards the minor end of it (laughs) so that's well if that's minor then i'm looking forward to this conversation because (laughs) to me uh that's kind of crazy uh but yeah man so you have this experience in like 20 what was it 2015 ish 2015-ish, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And how old were you when it happened? 20, I was 22. Okay. And uh, 
you weren't partying and drunk, were you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was actually coming home from a late night shift at work. I got you. Uh, so you have this experience in 2015, but it's not the only experience you had that was odd. Uh, even though this was, to me, a very you know crazy experience, you also had other experiences as well where you actually, I think you and your cousin were hunting, right? And you guys saw something pretty wild in the woods. Yeah, we were, this is back in 2013, we're out doing a little raccoon hunting in uh, Osage County, out in the woods there, and we were, had been walking, and we have been letting our dogs go, and we were sitting there, we were just kind of following the dogs, and letting them do their thing, and tree a raccoon every now and then. Well, we come off into a little clearing, and off on the edge there's you know a little tree line there i look up and i see two red glowing eyes and you can kind of see the outline of what would be a body but it looked real it was darker than the dark outside in the middle of the night and i pointed it out to my cousin he sat there and he he saw it too and he kind of freaked out and he took off running straight to the truck he was gone he left me and so we, I'd take off running back to the truck and we get in the truck and you look behind us and the eyes have now moved and we can see them in the, uh, back glass of the truck. They're still right there at the edge of the truck now. So he takes off and the eyes, we could see them. I mean, they kept just following the truck and we had, uh, actually come across some private native burial grounds out there and so i'm starting to believe that that's definitely a paranormal experience we had happened because as soon as we hit the main road back heading into town we hit highway 20 there they were gone the eyes disappeared they quit following us but i think it just we were on the wrong piece of property as trespassers and it wanted us off of its property for sure wow so when I first read this in the email, I was thinking that, you know, it sounds really similar to people's experiences when they run into Bigfoot in the woods, where it's like they saw two glowing red eyes, uh, they saw an outline of a figure, and it was paralleling them, or it was kind of escorting them out of the woods. Uh, but you're thinking this is probably more than likely something more on the paranormal end. I had never put two and two if it was a Bigfoot, just because of the speed we were moving down some of these trails to get back to the road. I don't know how fast a Bigfoot possibly could move. I was just always assuming it was a paranormal experience. Yeah. So um, from what I hear, and granted, I just hear because I don't have never seen a Bigfoot in operation or anything like that, but um, they can move very fast and also very swiftly, very smoothly, um, almost visually looks like it's effortless. Um, I've heard people talk about how they've seen a Bigfoot, you know, cross a road in, in one, you know, step, not even a leap or a run, but just like a step. That's how big they are. Uh, I've seen or I've heard people talk about how when they're running, it's like they can almost it's almost like um, at least to me when I visually uh, think about it in my head, it reminds me of like the Hulk running uh, through the desert in that one Hulk movie where uh, he, I think he was actually transforming back into the doctor. And, uh, but like, as he was running, he was like taking leaps and he was like, just 
flying through the air kind of thing. Uh, granted, Bigfoot doesn't fly like that, but um, people have talked about when they see it running that it, you know, it can cover 20 to 30 feet in basically one leap. Um, so if it can move that fast, I imagine that it could keep up with a vehicle. The only thing is, as big as these things are, I would think that you would have heard it if it was running after you. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, because, you know, I've also heard people, there have been several people around where I'm from who have seen Bigfoot, and they describe a smell, or, and we never smell anything like that, or, you know, heard any Bigfoot cries or howls or anything like that. And I always just assume from previous experiences I've had that, I've always thought I've been more susceptible to the paranormal. So I just always connected it with the paranormal type thing. Yeah. And it very well could have been, man. It really, it really could have been. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, when you don't see anything other than what you saw, there's a lot of open-ended questions as just like, ah, well, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, to me, if I'm out there and I saw what you guys saw, again, that would have scared the crap out of me. And uh, especially the fact that it was keeping up with the vehicle. I mean, did you ever feel like your your life was almost in danger or anything? Or did you just think this is some kind of crazy experience that you can't wait to tell somebody about? I never felt endangered myself. My cousin did. He says he literally did not think we were going to make it out. Me, I never thought we were in any danger i just thought it wanted us off of it out of its area out of its territory go on and leave and that, and that's something that i i've also heard people have multiple different reactions to situations that they go through together i mean sometimes people feel that you know their lives are in danger some people are just scared uh and i, I think that has a lot to do with the person's personality you know if somebody is very skittish and um, naturally fearful of certain things that they don't understand uh, in those kind of situations, naturally they'd be scared. But I think there are people out there that just don't really feel that kind of fear when they go through these experiences and then they wind up becoming Bigfoot researchers and hunting these things down. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's definitely something I've always, you know, I've always been fascinated by, Bigfoot, and, you know, and I've always watched those people who have the TV shows, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to find Bigfoot today." I, I've I just never thought of it as a Bigfoot experience. Yeah, and you know what? And that's fine because it may not. It, it very well may not have been a Bigfoot experience. I mean, it you went through it and stuff. It's just when I was reading the email, that's what it seemed like to me. Uh, but before we started recording here, you told me you also had a UFO experience. Is that in the same area as these other experiences? Um. So it is not. It's actually, I'm leaving uh, Cavalcade, which is a big rodeo here in Oklahoma. Um, I came home, and it's probably two in the morning. And my cousin, both of my cousins were actually, they live next door. And they were sitting outside smoking a cigarette, just talking. And when I pull up, we I go over there and just hang out with them for a second. Well, my cousin, who was probably 13 at the time, he starts looking up at the sky and he's one you know he's just sitting there gazing so we all look up and about maybe a hundred yards away from the house there's this ball of light and it's orange just hovering and it's just hovering above the house down the road here and it just as we sat there and we watched it maybe for a good four or five minutes 
it started to hover to the west, which was our direction. And it got maybe 50 yards away from where we were. And it just disappeared. Just gone. Uh, how 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 high was this from where you were? Uh, I Honestly, I'd say it was maybe, maybe 75 foot in the air. Really? So you had a good look at this thing? Oh, yeah. We sat here and it was maybe the tallest tree we have over here is about 50 foot. And it was maybe only 20, 30 foot above it at most. And it was something that we had never, you know, really seen. So it was like my cousin, it just happened to catch his eye and we just sat here and watched it. But the weird thing is, so it was right when I had got my first smartphone. So I tried to take a video and you couldn't see it on the video. It was crazy. Wow, that is crazy. I mean, if it was that close and you couldn't catch it on the video, uh, I mean, what kind of smartphone was this? Was this like, you know, a generation one iPhone or what? It was a Galaxy S3. Oh, man. It, it was it, it was a it wasn't a first generation smartphone, but it was still, you know, this was six years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, six years ago, the technology should have been able to pick something up. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming oh. that you are gathering that it, there was some kind of interference then. Oh yeah, I believe so. I believe it was cloaking itself or some sort of radio wave that just wouldn't allow it to be picked up. What do you gather it was? I mean, do you do you get the feeling that it was, you know, extraterrestrial, interdimensional, governmental? What do you think? So, I believe it was extraterrestrial. I mean, I, I'd never thought interdimensional truly. It was never something crossed my mind, actually, until just now. That could actually be a possibility. Because I do believe in altered inter- alternate dimensions. So, it could have been. It's just... It was a crazy thing that we just happened to see. Yeah, I mean, believing in alternate dimensions, I mean, it's kind of hard not to these days because of, you know, when you take the background of people's uh, history when it comes to their faiths and things like that, but then you also pair it with mainstream science talking about the fact that they actually dabble in parallel universes. I mean, it, it's like you, you re- a lot of people have would have a hard time saying that they don't believe in it once they're informed of all the different uh, groups of organizations and people who say, yes, these things do <laughs> exist, you know, um, and then it opens up a whole new, you know, thought process when it comes to these things. I mean, are they traveling through dimensions to get here? Are they interdimensional? Are they from this dimension using other dimensions to get to other locations, you know, extremely fast or the, giving them the ability to travel long distances? You know, it's it just... The, the ideas and, and, and the possibilities are endless when you start thinking about it and you start accepting the fact that there are parallel universes, there are other dimensions that um, things exist in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and see, here's the crazy thing about what we saw. So I have a friend who is very into, he researches UFOs and aliens and stuff like that, and he's very big into it. And I told him about it, and he lives on the other side of town I live in a real small town. So when I say the other side, it's literally a half a mile away and you're at the other side of town. So, but he actually seen something similar the same night. He was all excited because he saw it. And when I told him about it, it just kind of confirmed that he wasn't the only one. What did he see though? Was it identical or just something similar? He said he saw an orange floating light 
in the sky. And that's very similar to what we had seen. Yeah, I mean, that could have been perspective, too. I mean, it, it very well could have been the same thing, but maybe he saw it from a greater distance and it looked more orange than red or something. Because you said yours was red, right? It was a reddish orange. T- it was red, but it had an orangish tint to it, kind of that off color. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's nice to have people confirm your experiences, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It definitely made me realize we weren't crazy. I mean, because it was just one of those things like, man, maybe woke up the next day. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe I just, you know, came home from the rodeo a little too late and, you know, just had some weird dreams that night. But, he verified it, and so did both of my cousins that saw it with me. So, yeah. Now, do you? It wish... made me realize that I wasn't truly insane. So, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, do you wish that you would have had somebody experience the deer as well with you? Because I mean, that's something I'd be like, man, I wish somebody would have saw that. Man, I, I wish I would have. I mean, it was just one of those things. That one was truly a weird. And when I've told people, they truly do not believe me. Like I have people who I've told and they're just like, oh man, you're crazy. I'm well, maybe I am, but this is what I saw. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, man, uh, that is what you saw. And we've had other people on the show say that they saw very similar things. And so I, I don't think you're crazy. I think that this world is crazy. I think that the <laughs> the things that happen in this world are far more uh, crazy than anybody wants to give it credit for. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, why we experience the things that we experience. Uh, and I think people are starting to slowly wake up to the fact that this world is bananas and uh, things happen in this world that are commonly unexplainable. And people are starting to find ways to explain it, though, uh, through acceptance. I mean, when you, once you accept these things happen, you can start thinking about how it's possible that it happens, you know? I mean, agreed. Definitely. I mean, there's too much what people claim as weird things going on in the world for some of it to not be true. Everyone has different experiences. Everyone sees different things. And we label them as, you know, crazies or conspiracy theorists but if enough people are starting to see these weird things at what point are we just going to accept it right i mean that's exactly it i mean i think and again i think that people are starting to accept it i'm starting to see a lot more people uh just people that five years ago would have just told me that you know i'm crazy tony that looks into crazy things and now they're saying what do you think about this what do you think about that and uh i'll have people you know especially on the current events slash conspiracy realm of things that are happening in this world right now, people are like, whoa, I can't believe that's actually happening. And they message me, did you hear about this? And I'm like, yeah, bro, like I've been on that, you know? So uh, I think there's a, I hate to use this term. I really hate to use this term just because of the connotation that's, that's with it. But I think that there's a great awakening happening. And I think people are starting to wake up on a huge level and I think it's going to be good for, you know, humanity. Oh, uh, I completely agree because people are starting to come around to see that the elites in the world are truly not good people like they claim to be. And people are going to start waking up and realizing this world has gone bananas. Yep. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Uh Listen, Austin, man, I appreciate you coming on and sharing these experiences. Uh, very interesting. I, dude, I'm telling you, like I said in the beginning, I love that deer experience. I mean, and I think 
when I remember when I first got it uh, from the other guy, Alan, he told me that experience, and I was like, holy crap, I never heard anything like that. And then when you contacted me with this, that experience, I was thinking, man, got to have this guy on the show. And uh, I'm glad you came <laughs> on and shared, man. No, I appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for having me on. All right, this episode's brought to you by Simply Safe. Simply Safe has been coming to the confessionals for almost a year now, and they are absolutely stunned at the performance that their advertising has been on this show. You guys absolutely care about your home security. And let me tell you a quick story here about my home security and why I got Simply Safe to begin with years ago. Uh, when we first bought this house, our living room had three points of entry on it. And there was the garage door entry where you could come in from the garage. Then there was the man door where you could come in from just being outside. And then we had the door that went out onto our patio on the back of the house. And so one room had three points of entry. And I could tell it made my wife a little nervous with that whole thing. But that wasn't the thing that got me. The thing that got me was we had a man door on our basement. And this is the first house I ever bought. And I was like, I don't like the fact that there's a door to my basement. Well, apparently you have to have doors on your basement, but I just didn't like the fact that there was a basement door down there that anybody could maybe bust into that I couldn't hear them come in and all of a sudden they're walking up my stairs. It made me really nervous and now I don't really have to worry about it because I have the studio in the basement and I'm pretty much living in here. So if anybody tries coming in, I'm going to hear it and click, click, you know what I'm saying? But uh, the fact is the basement door made me really nervous. And so that's the thing that pushed me over the edge to get Simply Safe. And it was easy. You go to the website, which I recommend you go to simplysafe.com slash confessionals, but you just go there and within about two minutes, you can customize an entire system for your house that arrives in seven days and it only takes 30 minutes to set up. And like I've said before, it took me like close to an hour, but again, I'm slow. But if you're just a normal person with a normal brain, it'll probably take you about 30 minutes to set up and you can go ahead right now. Go to simplysafe.com slash confessionals today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You also get a 60 day risk free trial. So there's nothing to lose. Just go to simplysafe.com slash confessionals and get the process going to secure your home and make your family feel like they're safe even when you're not home. All right, today we got Nick on the show. Nick, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, man, doing good. So uh, I know you emailed a little while back, and I guess, are you a ghost hunter? Is that what you're doing? Like you're doing paranormal research kind of thing? Um, it was more of, we were living in Reno, Nevada at the time, and Ghost Adventures used to go up to Virginia City, and we were pretty much a stone's throw away from Virginia City. So we're like, we're going to go to the Washoe Club and see if these guys are actually who they say they are or they just make stuff up for the views and have it show now well we found out it's <laughs> it's pretty real yeah yeah i'd say so uh so w what was this called again the washington club is that what you said a washoe club it's back in the like the when virginia city was a mining town it was the millionaires club so it was a very prestigious club for people to like join. I'm sure I'm forgetting some details about it, but that's all right. It it's it's kind of like well nowadays it's just like a bar. You can go see some of the stuff that they've had. They have like where the ghost adventures did all their stuff, and then they do ghost tours. 
up in the like second and third levels of it. Uh, they also you could rent out like the overnight, so you can do like your own overnight stay too. Okay, so you you went to this location because you just kind of almost like you wanted to prove that it wasn't real. It sounds like you were like, I don't know if these guys are legit or they're just trying to be entertainers. Uh, yeah. So there was doubt in your mind, but I guess you left there not having much doubt in your mind. So why don't you just walk us into uh, the idea of going to this location? Now you went there with, uh, did you say it was your wife, fiance, girlfriend? What was it? Uh, well, I w- I've been there a total of three different times with kind of stuff that's happened. Okay. The third time is what I messaged or emailed you about, which was ah, the last okay. time that we went. Did things happen the first two times? Yeah, but I, I, it's, it's weird. It's like, I don't know if it actually was something or if it was my mind wanting me to think it was stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. I mean, there, there's always like the self-doubt, like, did that really yeah. happen or am I just making something out of it? Uh, well, yeah. why don't you just do this then? I know you emailed me about the third time, but uh, the first time you go there, who are you with and what did you feel happened there? I mean, did you just, was it just feelings or was there something more tangible? Like you saw something, you heard something? Uh, so the first time I went, I went with my wife, my brother and his fiance. And my dad went and he was holding my daughter and he told me from the get go that he's putting off a vibe of like, if there's anyone here, they're not going to mess with her. So I was like, all right, that's fine. Maybe they'll gravitate towards us so we can actually catch something. And, um, so we're going through the room that ghost adventures caught the full body apparition that got them famous is what uh the tour guide was telling us and i went in there perfectly fine no allergies nothing and then all of a sudden my nose started running and it just kept running and i told my brother about it and he looked over and he said it my nose looks so red and raw that i've been like fighting the flu for a week but as soon as we left that room it stopped so i was like okay so I don't know. Maybe it's just dust. It's an old building. <laughs> That's what I was talking up to. But later, later on in there, there was uh, a quick little, I guess, backstory. Is when I was in the Marine Corps, I partially ruptured my Achilles in one of uh, the schools I was in. And so the area is uh, sensitive, whether it's cold weather. Just normal, I guess, injuries where they aren't completely healed, so they kind of bug you. And we got into this room where there, they said a guy had a pet monkey, and it got into some dynamite and then blew up the room. It's one of those only in the Wild West would this stuff kind of happen. But it felt like a sharp pain in my Achilles. And I know something's up when my Achilles starts hurting. And I was like, okay, that's weird. So I was like moving it around, trying to stop the pain. And then it got super, super tight. Like I hadn't stretched it in a while. And I was like, okay, I need 
to, it's like, I can't tell the tour guide to speed up the tour, but I really need him to speed up the tour so I can get out of this room. And it was almost instantaneous. As soon as I left that room, the pain stopped and my ankle loosened up. So why is that though? I mean, why is it that you feel sharp pain in your Achilles and that's when you know something's going on? I mean, what 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 made you connect those dots? I mean, was it something that happened before that you're like, every time there's a paranormal experience, my freaking Achilles acts up? I I feel like it's more of like a weak a weak point because there was a before we actually went to the Washoe Club, I had a to do some college course for the Nevada Constitution, and we went to. It was a building that's an art building now, but it used to be, it used to be a hospital. And then there was a one floor where my neck hurt, and then a very the very top floor had like a the way it was room. So they did renovate it. It's exactly how it was back in the day. And when I looked inside that room, my Achilles started hurting then. Okay, so you have a history with it. Yeah. So it's like okay. So the Washoe Club is as active as people say it is kind of thing. But when it comes to that first visit, the Achilles was the last of it. Nothing really happened after that. So you have that first experience there and you go back for a second time because understandably, I mean, other than your experience with the Achilles, there wasn't a whole lot that happened. Uh, The second time you go back, who were you with, and did anything happen then? The second time, I was with my wife, brother-in-law, and my buddy from the Marines, who is my daughter's godfather. And um, this time, the little one didn't go in with us, so we were just doing the tour. And we got to this little room. The, the tour guard was telling us that uh, this lady was taking a selfie in it and then there is a female face behind her shoulder when it's like physically not possible because she was standing right against the wall but we were in me and my brother-in-law were in this corner and his left arm got icy cold my right arm got icy cold we had the goosebumps and everything and then we we found out like it was supposedly a escort or female escort that haunted that room because after me and him said we felt cold on our arm my wife went over there and she didn't feel anything so we're like maybe it's that escort trying to do something to me and my brother-in-law because we're guys and when my wife walked over there and went away kind of thing okay so with that idea, do you think it, w- if it was an escort and all that stuff, do you think it was trying to do something to you as in harm you because it was uh, maybe abused by men before? Or do you think it was trying to do something to you as in do something to you? Um, you know what I mean? I, like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, but it's like, I honestly don't know because it was, it just like stayed on my arm. Okay. The, like, the, because it was like my right arm had goosebumps, but you looked at my left arm and it was completely fine. It was, it was weird, and it was the same thing on my brother-in-law. His left arm was goosebumps, but his right arm was completely fine. That's interesting. It's almost like as if like it's 
a spirit of welcoming, like welcome boys. Let me show you your room. Yeah. I, well, I guess if you look at it that way, it could have been, yeah. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. Okay. So there's that experience, and these are these are two experiences that you shared now that you didn't email about, but you yeah. did email us about the third time you went there, and it it, it kind of um kind of gives a little bit more context now as to you know the third experience because uh one thing that i wasn't sure as to was you know why was your your child there like it seemed like your daughter was there you brought your daughter with you but it seems like uh this was more of like a family event and dad was there the first time holding the baby and kind of being on guard um so the third time you're there and you have um some physical experiences that you uh, wanted to share with us. Yeah. So the third time, so the second and third time both took place on 4th of July. That's how I'll always remember it. Cause it was on the fourth, but um, the third time we didn't do the tour. So behind the little, like little museum area they have is the crypt. And it stay like, it could be triple digits outside, but it'll stay really cold because during the winter when all the miners would die whether it was accident or some foul play they put them in the crypt because the ground was too hard to dig a grave so right there in my mind i should have put like you know two and two together don't bring the little one inside the crypt because you know <laughs> the little ones can see see things that we can't yeah or that's what people have been theorizing. So we're in there and my brother-in-law and my daughter's godfather are sitting towards the back of the crib. And I have the little one on my shoulders and I have a little like flur attachment for my iPhone. So I'm using that on my brother-in-law and my buddy. And we have, you can turn the lights off so you can like see how dark it really is in there. And they kept telling me that my daughter is pointing up and above us is just the second, second level normal floor, wooden floor. So you like, you can hear walking if there's a tour group, tour group up there. So she kept pointing up and I was like, okay, that's weird nothing really happens and then we turn off the light one more time because some random dude came in and was showing us an evp that he caught in there and it was pretty interesting so we turned off the light and then it was like it was almost like a sign my daughter was looking up my brother-in-law got a feeling look up and for some reason something told me to look up and we all looked up and there was a gap in between the stone wall and the wooden floor. And you could see a shadow pacing back and forth. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Walked out to where the tours, um, you or where you could sign up for the tours. And I was like, Hey, is there a tour up there right now? And the tour guy was like, can't be cause I'm right here. I was like, Oh, okay. There you are. So we see someone walking upstairs. 
So he came back with me and my daughter to the crypt to disprove, like disprove or make sure it wasn't like anything paranormal because there's a certain area in the crypt that sees the, the reflection off windows from cars and it plays on like the back wall. But where we showed him, he was like, yeah, no, that, that's definitely not cars. So that is something paranormal. And I was like, okay, that's weird. So I, I wanted to get her, my daughter out of there. So I started walking out into the museum. And then I'm already, so I'm out of the crypt back in the museum and my brother-in-law, my buddy come out and they're like, we're not going back in there. We just saw a shadow figure up on the second level peering down at us because it's like really hard to describe because it's got the crypt, the second level floor. And then there's like a little bit below it. And there's like a staircase that you can look down from that second level into the crypt. So where this shadow figure was looking from, it you can't reach it during the tour. It's off limits. And we already knew that there wasn't a tour there. So we're like, okay, that's weird. So I went back there to just take a peek to see if they were just like, you know, pulling my leg since I'm, <laughs> since I walked out and they couldn't see it. And as soon as I get in, I look up to where they say, and I just see like the sil like the side silhouette or half a silhouette of the head dart back behind cover. And I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm calling it quits. So. We went, rejoined my folks outside. Rest of the fourth was uneventful. And it wasn't until about a week later when what I emailed you about really started happening. So my daughter, like we had a Jack and Jill room. So my daughter was in the room adjacent to us sleeping in her, her crib. And it would always be around two, three in the morning. She'd just wake up screaming. And it would just, it was almost like she had a nightmare. And she kept, and she did this for two, three days. And I was like, okay, that's, that's weird. And then I was listening, oddly enough, to one of your podcasts talking about saying Jesus Christ and all these other little religious tidbits to make a spirit either calm down or go away. And I was like, well, I really hope she doesn't have a hitchhiker, but maybe it's something I need to try. So later that night, I lay her down, she's asleep. And I'm standing over her crib and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. Worst thing that happens is she wakes up with a nightmare. So I signed the crossover and I was like, whatever is attached to my daughter needs to go back to where you came from. You do not belong here and you cannot stay here. You're not welcome. In the name of Jesus Christ, leave. And then as soon as I signed the cross back over, I had a gust of icy cold wind shoot through me to where like my entire body was covered in goosebumps. And I know it wasn't the AC. Just because it, it it was like 
cold, cold. It wasn't like, yeah, oh, it's a nice 60, 68 degrees in the house. Cool. It was, this is cold. And I don't like it cold. Yeah. So, I mean, this was something that like was apparently out of the norm for the room. Yeah. Uh, and so you have this experience where it seems like you may have, you know, for lack of better terms, cleansed your daughter. Uh, did that end her, you know, experiences? Uh, it, it did for that night. And then the next night I didn't want to take any chances. So I had, I have holy water from the Vatican when I went there once. Oh, damn. so I took a little, I took a little bit on my uh, thumb and just put a cross on her forehead just to like, bless her i guess for a lack of better terms and ever since then she's had like night terrors but nothing that compares to what she went through those like three four days after that week yeah I, and that's that's good i mean i'm, I'm glad that you know it kind of eased up for her uh how old was she again she was a year and a half at that point. Okay, yeah, that's really young. That's really yeah. young. Um, but that's right around the age where they do start dreaming and you start, you know, seeing them crying in their sleep. And when you wake up and you see them crying in their sleep, it's not them. It's You know the differences in the cries. It's like, that's yeah. not a I'm hungry cry. That's a I'm scared to death cry. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's not what you want for your kids, especially not at that at age. Uh, do, do you... Uh, so you you called it a hitchhiker, meaning I'm assuming it came with you guys from there. Uh, do you think that is something that is like a warning almost to you that you're not going to bring her again next time? Or do you think it was like a one and done kind of thing where that, that's probably not going to happen again? Uh, I th well, hopefully it's a one and done thing since, you know, we moved from Nevada to Tennessee. But <laughs> it's it's it was kind of like, hey don't mess around thinking that you are like impervious kind of thing. So like, don't bring vulnerable people. If you come looking for us kind of thing, that's how I took it. And that's a good way to take it. I think, I, I think uh, you, I think sometimes people go into these things and they don't really quite grasp sometimes the depth of what they might be dealing with. Uh, you know, you, you go into a place and you're like, Oh, I wouldn't mind, you know, catching a ghost of a, an old hooker sometimes, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, sometimes you knock on that door and, you know, the hooker doesn't answer, but a demon does and, or the devil himself. And, and it's just like, you know, yeah, uh, it's like, all right, let's close that door. Yeah. I mean, I mean, can you, you know, it's like one of those things where can I close that door in enough time where it's not going to affect me or my family. But yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it was an interesting experience. And, uh, you know, now that you're in Tennessee and stuff, are you looking to, uh, get into Bigfoot research instead of paranormal? Yeah. Maybe. I'm, I'm kind of trying to expand it. I still want to do paranormal, find stuff out in Tennessee, but I definitely want to get in the Bigfoot. Because what's funny is Sasquatch Chronicles is what got me onto your show. But I was watching Mountain Monsters, the, <laughs> the Scooby-Doo for adults, as Wes likes to say it. I was watching Mountain Monsters when I found Sasquatch Chronicles and then I found you. So it was like this weird, like connect the dots kind of thing. And yeah. I was like, Oh, 
So it's like, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to try to find Bigfoot, at least for my own. I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you that uh, Tennessee definitely has sightings. It's obviously a great habitat for such thing. And uh, wow, I sounds like people are just stomping around upstairs. That's great, guys. Thanks. I have the recording light on and they know I'm <laughs> recording. But uh, no, I, I think that, you know, Tennessee is a great area for that. But uh, also there's a lot of other mysterious things out of Tennessee. I'm talking about uh, the uncovering of giant skeletons and uh, extraterrestrial uh, interactions people have had in Tennessee uh, and things that haven't been put on the record, but uh, just people have I've talked to throughout the years that didn't want to come on the show, but they they share with me their experiences. And uh, Tennessee is a very uh, mysterious place, but a very intriguing place if you're into that kind of thing. So uh, I think you're in the middle of a playground, and I think you're about to have some fun. I hope so. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and share this show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show, but when you share the show, it helps get the show in front of other people and helps us grow. And that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. So just share it with your friends. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it will piss you off. Bye.
Side of the sun, the darkest heart defines bright. It is bright. 